This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Well, let's look at what God's Word says in Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore seen also, we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which doeth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, and we need to be reminded of this, folks, he endured the cross. It was no Sunday school picnic. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Look, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Galatians 6 and 9 says this, folks, before I pray. It says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we'll receive if we faint not. See, the, the devil wants us to get tired. You may not get tired of the way, but sometimes we can get tired in the way and just want to throw in the towel. Now, here's what's dangerous. And when you walk away... When Peter walked away, Thomas and Nathaniel walked away too. You never know who your life may be impacting. You never know who you may be influencing. That's why you need to stay in the fight. Amen? Let's stay in the fight. Let's pray. Jesus, I love you. I praise you. And I thank you for Rock Springs Church and what they mean to me. I pray today that you would anoint us for this strategic hour with Pentecostal power. And God, for all you do, I'm going to praise you. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Till you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I, I want to talk to you as you're seated about a lap with Joseph. A lap with Joseph. Now, there's three observations that we need to make. Observation number one, God tells us to consider them. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he tells us that heaven's grandstand is full. It says we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. It tells us that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Joseph, all oh, heaven's grandstand is full. And the Bible tells us that we need to be conscientious that the matriarchs and patriarchs have gone on before us. And you know what the scripture really says, folks? It says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 11 that the Old Testament was given to us so we could learn from their lives. It literally was given to us so you would read your Old Testament and you would learn from their lives. It says we need, to, we need to consider them. 
And then it says, not only do you consider them, but you need to consider him. You need to consider Jesus. You need to look to Jesus. And then it says, not only do you need to consider them, and not only do you need to consider him, but it says you need to continue on. You need to stay in the fight. You need to keep running the race. Now, here's a thought that hit my mind. Hebrews chapter 11 gives us the Hall of Fame chapter. It gives us the heroes of the faith. And what I want to do is I want to pull people out of Hebrews chapter 11, and I want to ask those people in Hebrews chapter 11, would you just run one lap with us and let us learn from you? Can, can you just run a lap with us? And so we might learn. Last week, we pulled out Abraham. This week, we're going to pull out Joseph. Next week, we're going to pull out a woman. I believe when a man doesn't listen to his wife, he misses about 50% of what God's trying to say to him. And we're going to pull out a woman. And we're going to ask this lady if she'll run a lap with us. But today, we're going to run a lap with Joseph. And I want us to see some things about this man. By the way, folks, he really, he really should get our attention. Because there's two men in the Bible that you can't find a flaw on their character. Only two. That there's, there's, that, now, they were men. They had feats of clay. But there's nothing written about a flaw on their character. Who are those two men? Daniel and Joseph. Daniel and Joseph. And I want us to look at Joseph, and I want you to see some things. The first thing I want you to see is this. Joseph was his father's favorite son. He was his father's favorite son. Genesis 37 verse 3 says this. Jacob, now Israel or Jacob, loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. Now wait, I know it's not good to have favorites, but apparently Jacob did. And his favorite son was Joseph. Perhaps you were the favorite, perhaps you were not. But he had a favorite. And he made him a coat. You say, what's the parallel? John 3.16 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What does only begotten mean? It means he was born of a mortal woman. His mother was a mortal woman, but his father was an immortal God. He was born of a mortal woman, but an immortal God. Now, the Bible says that Joseph had a coat of many colors. Then the Bible says in Luke 19 and 23, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, they took his garment, they took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part and also his coat. 
Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. Nothing's in the Bible just to be in the Bible. Joseph had a coat of many colors. Jesus had a coat or a robe and it was woven from the top to the bottom. Why does it say it was woven from the top to the bottom? Because ladies and gentlemen, he left heaven. He left the top to come to the bottom. He left heaven to come to this low land of sorrow that we might have eternal life. I want you to see, Joseph was his father's. Joseph, excuse me, was his father's favorite son. But there's a second thing I want you to see. And that is, Joseph was a dreamer. He said in Genesis 37 verse five, it says, and Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it to his brethren and they hated him the more. Now, when he dreamed this dream, he was only 17 years old. You know what I'd say to young people? Young people dream dreams. Young people dream dreams and believe God for big things. I, I challenge young people. God's put dreams in your heart. Hold on to those dreams. Don't, don't, don't ever give up on the dream that God has placed in your heart. See, God, see we, we believe, folks, I hear all this deal about we're spirit-filled people. Well, I believe that. But according to the Bible, in the last days, I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And I believe when we're filled with the power and the presence of God, God's going to put dreams in our heart. God's going to put dreams in our heart. Great it is to dream a dream when you stand at youth by a starry stream. But greater still is to fight life through and say in the end, the, the dream is true. I'll just say this, folks. Somebody says our church is a bigger church now. Well, it may be, but I can promise you this. It was big in my heart before it was big anywhere else. It was big in my heart before it was big anywhere else. And it'll be big in your heart before it'll be bigger, in, big anywhere else. Now, let me say something. Joseph dreamed a great dream and his brothers hated him. Watch the word, pastor. Here's the word. Don't you tell an 11 by 14 dream to five by seven minds. No, no, no. You can't tell an 11 by 14 dream to five by seven minds because they don't have the capacity to receive it. They don't have the capacity to encourage you. They don't have the capacity to believe God for big things. But I'm speaking a word in season to somebody. Don't you ever give up on the dream that God has placed in your heart. Don't ever give up on the dream that God has placed in your heart. Now wait, Jesus said these words. Jesus said in Luke 19 and 10, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. 
You think he wasn't a dreamer? He said in John 10 and 10, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Now wait, let's go back to the story. Joseph said, hey guys, we was in this field and my stock was standing up. My stock was standing up. And your stalks were kneeling. Now here's a message. Nobody's excited about a dream if they're standing and you're sitting. Nobody's excited about a dream if you're standing and they're sitting. Nobody's excited about a dream if, 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 if you're standing and they're kneeling. Now let's go back to the scripture. Jesus said in John 4 and 35, Say not ye there yet four months, then come up the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already into harvest. Get this, folks. If a dream is really from God, it will always be connected to the harvest. If God has really put something in your heart, it will always be connected to people. I said to Barbara yesterday, I said, I don't understand. I don't understand, folks. People said, I'm going here and we're going to do this and we're planning to do this. Folks, can I give you a news flash? All that's going to matter is what we do for Jesus Christ. All that's going to matter is whether or not we make our lives count for him. Only one life, it's going to soon be passed. And only what's done for Jesus will last. He's not interested in the size of your bank account, the size of your house, the size of this, how many trips you take. He's interested in what are you doing for me. I tell you, Joseph was a dreamer. Let me tell you something else. Joseph was rejected by his own. See, he walks up, folks. Get this. He walks up, and the brothers say, Behold, the dreamer cometh. I remember being at a conference one time. I was sitting at the very back. I had a church of 50 people, and the guy was speaking. And he said, if you believe God has called you to build a church of a thousand, would you slip out and come? God bear me record, folks. I stepped out. And the guys with me started laughing. I stepped out and the guys with me started laughing. Not anymore. Behold, the dreamer cometh, and the brothers were jealous of him. And folks, jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Jealousy will destroy your life. Jealousy will make your life miserable. Get over your insecurity. Deal with your jealousy. It's not them, it's you. I don't know who that was to, but it felt good. The brothers said, let's, let's throw him in a pit and kill him. Reuben said, no, 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 just, just put him in the pit and he'll die. Let, let's don't kill him. Apparently, Reuben left and a band of Ishmaelites started coming. And one of the brothers said, I've got a plan. 
Let's sell him. Let's sell him. And the Bible says in Genesis 37, verse 28, they sold him for 20 pieces of silver, which was the price of a slave at that time. Now wait, Jesus comes on the scene. How is it, pastor, when Jesus comes on the scene? John 1 11 says he came unto his own and his own received him not. He lived in a house. He, he ate around a table. He, 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 he lived with four brothers. He, he grew up with those four brothers. They rode the bus together. They were his brothers. They went to school together. They worked in the cabinet shop together. What about these brothers? What about these four brothers that Jesus grew up with? John 7 and 5 says, neither did his brethren believe in him. And then the Bible says this. The Bible says in Matthew 26 and verse 15, he was sold for the price of a slave at that time, 30 pieces of silver. Let, let me tell you the fourth thing about Joseph. Joseph was falsely accused. He was falsely accused. See, Joseph was eventually, from the Ishmaelites, he was sold to a man named Potiphar. He was captain of the Pharaoh of Egypt's army. He, he was a powerful man. His name was, was Potiphar, and, and, and Joseph was a slave to him. And look, folks, Joseph just started serving. Joseph understood that if serving is beneath you, leading will be above you. And Joseph just started serving. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says the favor of God was upon him, and everything he did prospered. And then the Bible says this. Potiphar's house was blessed because of Joseph. You say, well, God's blessed me. It may not be because of you. It may be because of somebody else. Potiphar's house was blessed because of Joseph. But let me tell you something. Potiphar was married to a desperate housewife. Do you folks read the Bible? <laughs> and let me tell you something. She was blatant and brash. Every time she got a chance, she would look at Jojo. <laughs> and she would say, Jojo, sleep with me. Sleep with me. And Joseph said, no, no. I'd be wrong. I can't do that. Sleep with me. No, no, no. I, 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 I can't do that. I, 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 I can't do that. And the Bible says the day came in, in, in Genesis 39, 11. Get this, folks. That she called him alone. I've had men to say to me, Pastor Benny, I have no problem going behind a closed door with a woman other than my wife. I want to say to you, that's not smart. I'm a businessman. I have to have lunches with women alone. No, you don't. No, you don't. You say, well, I'm running a large business. I'm running a pretty large one here, and I don't have to do it.
Well, I just, me and a woman will ride in a vehicle by ourselves. That's not wise. Now, I, that didn't cost you anything today, but I've told you good truth, folks. Listen, I, I don't care how strong you are, sir. If you hang around a barbershop, you'll get a haircut. You, you, listen, you, you can't put yourself in that position. You, you, I mean, you, you just can't. And ma'am, you can't either. You, you can't either. I say to you, ma'am, you can't either. You can't either. Something's wrong if a man wants to take you into a room and close the door behind. You can talk with the door open where everybody can see inside. You say, well, it's so private. Well, you need more people in the room. Now, now wait, here's what happens. Potiphar comes home and she says, oh, Potty, while you were gone, that Joe tried to force himself on me. I've got his coat here. <laughs> she got his coat, but Joseph kept his character. I, I've got his coat here. And you know what the Bible says? It says that Potty said, I know you're telling the truth. And put the man in prison. Now, I, I, I got to say this, folks. He didn't go to prison because he did wrong. He went to prison because he did everything right. Look, somebody said, well, if you just live for God, everything's going to be wonderful. That Bible doesn't teach that, folks. He didn't go to prison. He didn't walk through hell because he did wrong. He went to prison because he did what was right. Somebody said, well, I'm going through a tough time. I understand that. The life that pleases God is often painful and difficult. It's often painful and difficult. Now, wait. Joseph was falsely accused, but Jesus was. He was accused of being a drunkard, a heretic, a madman, an insurrectionist. And he was sent to the prison of death. Number five, Joseph was supernaturally delivered from prison. Joseph gets down there in that prison, folks, and Pharaoh's having dreams, and nobody can interpret the dream. And they say there's a guy down in prison who can do it. And Joseph tells him, I'll tell you what that dream is. That dream is there's going to be seven years of plenty. And there's going to be seven years of famine. And you better stock up. You, you better stock up while there's seven years of plenty for the seven years of famine. And look here, folks. <laughs> he, he told him that and look what happened. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thee. He was in prison. He was supernaturally elevated 
to the second most powerful position on earth. He was seated at the right hand of the Pharaoh of Egypt, the most powerful man on earth. Oh, Jesus was in prison, the prison of death. He was buried in a barred tomb for three days. Hell had a party, but on the third day, he arose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave, and he's seated at the right hand of Almighty God. Would somebody praise him? <laughs> Let me tell you the sixth thing. Joseph was given a Gentile bride. Yes, when he was given this position, the Bible tells us in Genesis 41 and 45, he was given a Gentile bride and her name was Azanath, but she was a Gentile. Ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he was given a Gentile bride. You say, what do you mean, preacher, he was given a Gentile bride? See, we're not Jews, by the way. You're not, I'm not. When Jesus died on the cross, it said that this Gentile and that Gentile and that Gentile and that Gentile and that Gentile can become the bride of Jesus Christ and we were grafted in contrary to nature. Let me tell you the seventh thing. Joseph's brothers were blinded to who he was. You remember Joseph said, there'll be seven years of plenteous, and then there'll be seven years of famine. What Jacob said to those boys, he said, boys, the cupboard's bare here. We don't have food. But he said, I hear there's corn in Egypt. <laughs> now Joseph is over all the food supply in Egypt. I mean, he's the secretary of agriculture. He's over all the food supply. And three times, those boys come from Canaan to Egypt to get food. But they don't recognize him because he has on the Egyptian garb. He has on the Egyptian headpiece. He has on the Egyptian wardrobe. And he speaks to them through an interpreter. And they don't recognize who he is. If we went to Israel today, and you said in Israel, the Jewish people were there. Jerusalem's the eternal capital. If I went with you, Pastor Benny, to Israel today, do the Jewish people worship Jesus? No. Why don't they worship Jesus? They're looking for the Messiah to come. They're looking for the Messiah to come. 
They're blinded and don't realize he already came. They're looking for the Messiah to come and they're blinded and don't realize he already came. You say, why won't my son live for Christ? Why won't my daughter live for Christ? Why don't my family members come to Christ? Well, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, who is the image of God should shine into them. God, we need to pray, Lord, help them, give them sight. Give our family members sight. Remove the blinds. Remove the blinds from their eyes that they might see that Jesus is the one. Now lastly, folks, Jesus revealed himself to his brothers. Jesus revealed himself, Joseph, excuse me, revealed himself to his brothers. In Genesis 45, verse 1, he revealed himself to his brothers. They came three times. But get this. On the third time, he revealed himself. The third time. But he did something, folks. If you read Genesis 45 and 1, he said, I want every Gentile to leave the room. He emptied the room. He said, we need every Gentile to leave the room. He said, it's just going to be me and my Jewish brothers. And once they're out of the room, they shut the door and he looks at them. And he says, I want you all to understand something. I'm your brother. I, I know it's been better than a decade. I know I've changed. I know you've changed. But I'm your brother. I, I'm the one you sold for 20 pieces of silver. I, I'm the one that you... He was weeping while he was saying this. I'm the one that you sold for 20 pieces of silver. I am your brother. And he said, wait. I know you need proof. So he pulled down his pants. And he said, you can see. I've been circumcised because the Egyptians weren't circumcised. But he said, I'm, see, I'm here in Egypt. But I was circumcised on the eighth day, just like you were. I'm your brother. See, the, see my wound? And the Bible says they began to weep. <laughs> they said he was the one. And we did him so wrong. Look, folks. 
Jesus is coming back to get a church. He's coming back to get a Gentile church. You've heard me say it many times. The trumpet's going to toot and we're going to scoot. Amen. We're going to leave here. Leave like Superman, come back like the Lone Ranger. We're going to leave here. We're going to go to heaven. But seven years later, something's going to happen. What happened seven years later, Pastor? The second coming of Christ. What happens? Well, look. Behold, he's going to come with the clouds. And every eye shall see him. And they which pierced him. Talking about the Jewish people. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. What's going to happen when he comes back? They're going to see the wounds. And they're going to say he was the one. He was the one. He was the one and we crucified him. And the Bible says they will do just what Joseph's brothers did. They will wail. And literally, they will weep. Now, now, let me say something right quick. Is there somebody that you need to forgive? You say, well, Pastor Benny, I, I think so. I think so. Have you forgiven them? Well, I, well, I, I think so, Pastor. I remember years ago, there was a person that caused me all kind of problems. made my life miserable they were in the church church people can be some of the meanest people on earth we're the only group I know that shoots its wounded person gets down we talk about one another and call it sharing prayer requests it's just gossip and when a person's down the lowest, it looks like to me, that's when we ought to love them the most. Person's going through a hard time and we ought to try to lift them up. I'm not perfect, folks, you're not perfect. But we ought to develop a Pharisaic attitude. And I really think, folks, what we ought to do is I think I ought to hate my sin and I think you ought to hate your sin, but I think we ought to love one another. But this person, I'm sorry, but this person had made my life miserable. And I said to Barbara, I said, Barbara, I've, I've forgiven that person. She said, I know you say that, Benny. But every time their name's mentioned, your countenance changes. Every time their name's mentioned, your countenance changes. You know what I know? 
You know what I knew? I hadn't emptied the room. And look, folks, if you're still talking about what happened to you, you hadn't emptied the room. I forgive them, but let me tell you what they did to me. No, no, you hadn't emptied the room. It is quiet today. No, 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 you, no, you're still talking about it because if, if you're still talking, did you hear what they did to me? You, you bring it up every time. That tells me that you need to deal with it. You keep bringing up what happened to you. You, hey, listen, don't nobody drop your head. I'll let you know when we're going to pray. You hadn't emptied the room. You say, preacher, what will help me to empty the room? Genesis 50 verse 20. I'll tell you what will help you to empty the room. Joseph said to those boys, he said, guys, don't you be hard on yourself. If you all hadn't have sold me as a slave, I wouldn't have ended up as the second most powerful man in Egypt. We would have all starved to death, including our daddy. I want you boys to know everything that you all meant for evil, God has turned around and he's used it for good. He's used it for good. He's used it for good. He said, uh, Joseph, now that you're in this position, I'm going to give you a new name. He said, Pharaoh, you're going to give me a new name? He said, yes, I'm going to give you a new name. Here's your new name. In Genesis 41, 45. Zap, Nath, Pania. My God, I would have stayed with Joseph. <laughs> Zap, Nath, Pania. What does it mean? It means the revealer of secrets. He said, Joseph, you're going to be revealing secrets to your brother. Zap, Nath, Pania, the revealer of secrets. I want you to know something, folks. Jesus is the revealer of secrets. Pastor, can you prove it? Look what it says in Romans. In that day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Look here, folks. I believe when we stand in judgment, we'll ask him nothing. But I believe if it matters to you, he'll reveal to you the secret. He's going to tell you why that little baby didn't live. He's going to tell you why that relationship turned out the way it did. He's going to tell you why that that abuse took place. Because folks, he's the revealer of secrets. And the secrets of all men are going to be revealed at the judgment unless they're under the blood of Jesus Christ. Now get this, folks. And I'm done. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, that there's coming a day that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Get this. 
may have killed six million Jews, but one day he'll bow before a Jew and proclaim him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now here's all I'm gonna say. Doesn't it make sense, folks? It was too late for Hitler. We're either gonna bow here or we're gonna bow there. But if we bow there, it's too late. So friend, make sure we bow here. Bring all of our secrets to Jesus. Confess all of our sins to him. Because eternity is too long to be wrong. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.